How you guys doing? Good. Excited to be here. Today I'm going to dive in uh, to something. We're still continuing with I Love My Church, but we're also going to talk about something that when I told my wife I was going to do this, she goes, I'm surprised it took you this long to talk about it. We're going to talk about two of my favorite things, Christmas and superheroes. Yes, Christmas and superheroes. If you know me, you know that I love superheroes. And so uh, before I dive into that, you can turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and also bookmark Romans chapter 12. We're going to dive into both those passages today and unpack Christmas and superheroes. And I know it sounds a little weird, like, you know, we're in August. Christmas is a ways away, but I promise it applies to today. And if we had it the way we should in our house, you know, the way it should be everywhere, Christmas would be up all year. uh, There was one year I didn't take down my lights and we were that house, and I was just saying, hey, it's only 364 more days till Christmas, guys. We're ready to rock and roll. Um, Stephanie doesn't let me do that anymore. But it got to the point where Christmas was closer than it was further away, so the lights just stayed up. So Bibles turn to those uh, books. Let's pray this morning. Uh, welcome God in this place, and let's dive in. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you that we get to dive into your word, and I thank you for everybody here, God, that we get to continue talking about how uh, we love this church, we love your church, and uh, today as we focus on serving, uh, God, I pray that you speak to each and every one of us how we get to be a part of um, something much bigger than ourselves, but a part of your movement and what you're doing, not just here, but throughout the state, country, and world, God, and we ask this in your name. Amen. All right, so like I said, my two favorite things, Christmas and superheroes. Now, first up, Christmas is my favorite holiday. Now, if it were a holiday, or my wife's birthday would be number one if it was a holiday, um, because we, she doesn't celebrate just the day. You know, my wife's birthday is the month, right? The, the whole month is a celebration. Some husbands are in here like, yep, my wife too. It's a birthday month, but when it comes to national recognized holidays, I love Christmas. I love the, the lights, the season, the, the atmosphere, just the, the joy. I love to smile. It really is just the best. Um, the whole giving of presents, receiving of presents. I love the look on people's faces when, uh, when they open presents. I got them. I love my, seeing my girls, Aurora and Avery, just go crazy when, when they see something that they really, really wanted um, for Christmas. It's, it's just the best. And my wife would say she loves that, but she also loves Hallmark Christmas movies. Personally, not the biggest fan. Um, I feel like if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it was last Christmas or maybe the year before, my nine-year-old now, so she was seven or so then, a movie started five minutes, and she goes, oh, well, she's going to leave her job in the city, and she's going to fall in love with that guy. She's not going to go back, but she's going to get the opportunity. That's the movie. Seven years old. She got it. And it played out to perfection, and she was like, the same thing. She goes, they're all the same, Mom. They're all the same. But some people binge Hallmark Christmas movies, and I know that this Christmas they will be on in our house all day, because that's something that we do in our home. But I have Christmas as my favorite season, and I also love superheroes. Am I not alone here? Who likes superhero stuff? The, the movies, the comics? Uh, some of you. Okay, so I'm, I'll speak to some of you today. But I love superheroes. I've had a love for them since I was a kid, and I love that superheroes, whether it's the movies, the comics, the cartoons, I feel like I turn into a kid again when I'm watching these things. I, I just really dive in and get absorbed into the special effects and the story and sometimes even the mythology behind a superhero. I get really into and I have a whole lot of fun with it. Uh, I get to nerd out now with my kids because they're starting to, my love for superheroes is rubbed off on my little girls. And so when a new trailer for the next Marvel movie comes up, they start screaming, it's the next movie! And Avery can't even watch the movies yet, but she still goes crazy for just seeing what she can on TV and it's super fun. So what do superheroes and Christmas presents have to do with church? 
You can probably answer the first one, Christmas presents. You know, there's a lot of, obviously, what we celebrate at Christmas with the church. But superheroes is another one, right? Like, why would we bring, especially these two, together? Well, we're going to talk about that with, as we continue our I Love My Church series. And I think the answer to this question for our church family are bigger than anybody can possibly imagine. Christmas and superheroes. Now, growing up, who here had a favorite superhero? One that uh, maybe you don't follow it now, but you still had a favorite one, and maybe you do follow it now. Now, mine was always this guy. Yes. I love Superman. Even to this day, I still love Superman. Um, I have a Superman mask that I'll wear. On my, uh, my keychain has a little Lego Superman. In my wallet, there's a Superman logo where my ID should be. It's just Superman. I've got him on my computer. I've got the movies. I just, I love Superman. I, I really just dive into all this stuff, and um, I've got to share that love with, with my kids. And one of the things that I love about Superman is he's different than every other superhero in a really crazy way, actually. So when in a superhero book or in a comic book, something happens to somebody and they become a superhero, right? Spider-Man got bit by the spider and he became Spider-Man. Uh, Tony Stark, was the, he has the, the special thing in his heart that it kind of empowered him and he used that to magnify his suits and he's genius and just everyone has something that happens in their life that makes them a superhero. But Superman is different. You see, when Batman, when he wakes up, he's Bruce Wayne. When Spider-Man wakes up, he's Peter Parker. When Tony Stark wakes up, he's Iron Man. They have to go put on their suit. They have to go enable their superpowers, right? Get, get ready to go. But you see, Superman was the opposite. He woke up every day, and he was Superman. That's who he was. His costume was Clark Kent. He had to pretend to be somebody else to hide who he really was. So superheroes were humans with superpowers. He was the superpower who had to pretend to be human, and I loved how it always spun around his world. Now, growing up, I'd watch this, and I would always say, man, I want to be like Superman, and I would feel like I could wake up with superpowers. Just wake up, and I have everything I need for the day. And I would watch Superman, and even growing up, I watched Superman, and my love for this character was solidified one day when Aurora was probably two, maybe, one and a half or two, and I'm watching the Superman Justice League cartoon. I still watch it to this day, guys. It's amazing. But Aurora walks in, and she sees Superman come in, and Superman just nails a bad guy, sends him flying, and Aurora goes, oh, daddy. I was like, yes. Yes, I've done it. And for the longest time, whenever she saw Superman, she would just go, that's my dad. That's my dad. And then Avery started saying it. That's my dad. So it was just like, I, I am Superman, guys. I have, I have finally, it took my whole childhood and adult life, and I had kids, and now I am Superman. But Superman has powers, and I want to talk today about powers. And you can say all of this is kid stuff, like, oh, man, this is just kids. But the billions of dollars at the box office would prove otherwise, right? This, superheroes is not just kid stuff anymore. There's a huge adult following of superheroes and people that really dive in to the superhero mythology because of the superpowers, because of the way a superhero embodies doing what is right to overcome evil, and they have powers to do it. Now, like Superman, though, I think we all have something in common with superheroes. So I looked up the definition of superhero in Webster's, and it says this. A superhero is a fictional hero having extraordinary or superhuman powers, an exceptionally skillful or successful person. That's a pretty good definition, and I, I don't want to criticize you know, the dictionary because they, this is what they do. They make you know, definitions of words, but I don't think this one is totally correct. It's not wrong, but I think it's missing something. I think superheroes are more than just extraordinary, superpowered, exceptionally skilled people because that's not even half of really what makes a superhero who they are. I think a superhero is a superhero because they utilize their abilities in a specific context to help in a specific way. 
And that's something I think we can all relate to. And some of you may know the answers to these questions. Who is the superhero of Metropolis? Superman. There we go. That was the easy one. What about Gotham City? Batman. New York. Any Avenger, right? Just name them all. New York is spoiled. It's got like every one of them. But so I don't care what the superpower is someone may claim to have, whether it's flying, fighting, web shooting, running, super strength, or whatever, if they're not using that power in a specific context to help somebody, then they're just a normal person, guy or girl, sitting on the couch doing nothing. They may have superpowers, but they're not really the hero that they're supposed to be if they're not using what they've been gifted in that context to help the people around them. It takes action, I think, to make a hero. Now, I think that God has given every single one of us superpowers. God's given every single one of us a superpower to make us a superhero. Now, I'm not saying that he's made you um, famous, so famous you're going to have all these movies made about you. He's not made you so famous that the world will know of all of your great deeds. You, know, you may not have that fame that they have in the comic books, and you're not going to be able to jump over a building in a single bound. Not that kind of superpower. But I do think God gave you something that makes you a superhero, and he's done it for each and every single person here. I think part of loving your church is actually being the hero that God made you out to be. And the hero that God made you to be does have superpowers, and we all get to be a part of a really cool super team. We're going to unpack that today. So first off, guys, you have superpowers. The Bible calls these spiritual gifts. The Bible calls your superpower a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 12 starts off letting us know that Paul, the author of the letter, he's going to talk about spiritual gifts. And he elaborates on them, and he says this. So 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works on all things and all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now the part I want to zoom in is of the last part of verse 6 where it says God works all things in all persons, meaning that God empowers these gifts in his followers. God has empowered a gift in each and every one of you. And we're going to spend a little bit more time on the first part saying that God has given each and every one of his followers at least one of these and sometimes more than one spiritual gift. Now I think a spiritual gift is a Holy Spirit powered ability that is given to serve others. We all have gifts that are given to serve others. And this, I think, is a spiritual superpower, something that God has given each and every one of you. And yours may not be the same as other people's, and that's okay, because God has created each and every one of you for a specific person and reason. Now, a list, not an exhaustive list, but some of these uh, gifts that Scripture talks about are these. You could have the gift of giving. You really just like to, to give of yourself, give your resources. You could have the gift of leadership. You like to take something and be, and be in charge and go for it in a humble way. The gift of mercy the gift of service, teaching, administration. Heads up, administration is not my spiritual gift, something I really have to work at. The gift of discernment, the gift of faith, the gift of helps, knowledge, and wisdom. And there are more listed in scripture, but here's a list. Maybe you can see those, and maybe some of you are thinking, yeah, that's me. Yeah, you can see my lack of administration gifts because I have a typo. I don't have the helps and knowledge all the way over with discernment and faith, right? But I think there are a couple things that are really important to note about your spiritual gifts. God is the one who picked yours. God picked your spiritual gift. Romans 12, 6 says this, we have the gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. I think it's important to understand that, that we don't have to apply, we don't have to campaign, we don't have to start a website Kickstarter for give me this gift. God has already given you certain gifts that are specifically unique designed for you because God knows you better than you know yourself. 
in God's infinite wisdom and his infinite love and his infinite care, he knew exactly what you were going to need, what gift you were going to be able to use, what gift you were going to be able to minister to people around you. God said, this is for you. I'm giving this to you, and you get to use it. We don't have to spend time being jealous of, oh, man, I wish I had the gift of this because that person doesn't. They do it so well. You don't have to do that because you have something that that person then gets to look at and say, and you do this so well. God created you to do something, and he created you for that reason, not the other person for that reason, for you to do it. God blessed and entrusted you with a specific ability to make a difference in your community and your world. God is the one who picked your gifts. He created you perfectly. And the second is know that it is a spirit-empowered gift. This is not maybe just a natural ability. This is something that is very specifically designed, and God poured his spirit into you for this. And you may be scratching your head thinking, because I mentioned teachers on there, right? You may be thinking, well, I've had some good teachers in my life. I mean, some really good teachers. Um, some of them don't even know God, but is that a spiritual gift then? Um, some, some of these teachers I've had don't even like God. You know, I, had, I had a bunch of professors in college. I remember taking a class um, called the History of Religion in the United States and thinking, oh, man, this class is going to be so good. The teacher stands up. He pulls out a Bible, and this thing has dog ears and marks and highlights. He goes, first thing I want to say, this book is wrong, and I'll tell you why. I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Having said that, he was a really good teacher. I did not agree with his viewpoint on the Bible, but when we talked about the history of religion in the United States, this guy, this guy had an ability to connect with students and to talk, and he did a good job after that first session of not really giving his opinion, which I thought it was weird that he led with that, but then he talked all about the, the religion and how it formed the U.S., and it was, a, it was a good class to take. He was a good teacher. I would not say he had the spiritual gift of teaching because he wasn't using the gift that God maybe gave him to spread his word. And there's, I think there's a difference now between great teaching and teaching empowered by the Spirit. One is exhibiting that natural ability, right? So I would say this professor had a natural ability to teach. He had a natural ability to connect with students. But I think the other, the spiritual gift of teaching, would be using that ability that is infused by the power of God to speak, to speak about God in such a way that surpasses information. It surpasses inspiration. It's a teaching that a spiritual gift does while being led by the Spirit and guided by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, supported by the Spirit, sustained by the Spirit. Jesus is all-encompassing this gift, and I think that's incredibly different than maybe something that you've learned to do on your own. Think of it like this. When Mike Tyson comes into the ring, even in retirement, if he were to punch you in the face, it'd be a bad day, right? That man has a natural ability, and he is good, and he has worked on it, and man, he could knock any, almost anybody out in a single punch. If Superman gets in the ring, and he punches you in the face, it's going to hurt a lot more than Mike Tyson, because one is using a natural ability, and one is using a supernatural ability, right? Now, I know Superman's not real, but just for the example, humor me. One's natural, one is supernatural. I think the spiritual gifts work in the same way. We may have natural gifts we're good at, but when we really dive into what God is working in our lives, we have then a supernatural ability to do something to an all-new level that we can't do on our own because God is the one feeding it. God is the one fueling it and fueling your passion and desire to do it. We've given a, a gift by God, and I think it's incredibly exciting to talk about this. We talk about all these ways that God can use us, and we may be slightly confused with it too, right? You maybe look at it and you look at the list that was up here, or as you dive into Scripture and see all these things, some of you may not even know. You may say, what are my gifts? How, how does God work in me? I, I don't know from this list what I'm even good at, what I even have the a desire to do, what I have the ability to do, but I can guarantee you, you all have something. And there are ways you can find out what they are. And the first would be to experiment in serving. 
experiment and serving. Note the experiment thing, because I know lots of people that have dived into things and realized it wasn't for them, and that's okay, because there's so many things to do. I think it's important that as churchgoers, as people who say, I love my church, and I, I love God, and I love people and community, and all these things we're talking about, I think it's important then to experiment and get involved somewhere. Really get involved and get your hands dirty on something, or maybe get your hands really clean, because maybe you're a cleaning ministry, and that's you know what you want to do. But really get your hands involved in doing something. And if you're not sure what to do, sign up for a bunch. Sign up for a bunch and try something. You, you may go somewhere and, and then you say, let's say you, uh, you dive into uh, the children's ministry. And you dive in and you're like, all right, I want to do this. I want to play with kids. And then after a few weeks, you start going, I don't really think I want to work with kids anymore. That is a-okay. I may look less at you for a little bit, but it's okay. I'm just kidding, I won't do that. But not everybody gets excited to work with kids. That's okay. What I would say is, all right, if you tried it, you can check that box. Like, all right, I tried this one. I want to try something else now. That's what I mean by experiment and serving. Find something that really gets you excited to say, hey, this is something that I like to do. This is something that I really want to do. It, it fills me up. Ask yourself when you're serving in a ministry. So ask yourself, seriously, how is this going? How is it going for me? Ask the leader in the ministry. Hey, as you see me doing this, what, what are your thoughts when you see me serving? How, how do you feel when I come into the classroom? Is, is this something that you really feel that I'm, I'm connecting with? If you're both ecstatic about what you're, you're doing and you're both like, yes, this is a fit, then maybe you found your spiritual gift. You found a way to utilize your spiritual gift. Or maybe if, if you don't feel like it's, it's for you or even your leader says, hey, actually, with, with kind of how your gifting works, this really isn't for you, it's not a need to feel discouraged. It's a need to say, all right, this one wasn't for me. I'm going to try something else. I'm going to dive in and really see how can I be utilized? How can I use my gifts to serve this place? Specifically, though, ask yourself, where do you see results? Where do you see results of impacting people for Jesus? Because I think ultimately your spiritual gift is going to do that thing, and it's going to do that more than anything else. You're going to see that not only are you being filled and you're being fueled, but those around you are being impacted by the gift that Jesus has given you, and it's bringing them closer to him as well. That's a huge part of spiritual gifts. If you're gifted in a specific way, it's going to bring people to Jesus. It's going to bring people closer to Jesus. It's going to, it's going to help their relationship grow with him. And having given this, I don't think it can be separated from the next two things. One, if, you don't, if you're not ready to just jump right in yet, although I encourage it, the second thing would be ask others. Ask somebody. Ask somebody. When you go, if you spend time with a bunch of people you're hanging out, just ask someone. Say, hey, when you see the, the spiritual gifts or you look at that list, maybe copied it down, or I can send you the email with the list in it or direct you where they are in Scripture, ask someone. Say, hey, when, when you think of me, what do you see? What, what, what really categorizes me on this list? Um, sometimes some people can really see you better than you see yourself. They'll, they'll see something that maybe you're missing, and they can encourage you and say, no, you actually, you do this every single day, and it can kind of spark the, get the wheels turned in your mind, like, wow, this is really something that I can dive into. This is something that maybe God really does work in me this way. And then you really get to explore that. But so specific questions you could ask people. Ask them, when you hear the gifts, what comes to mind? Or ask them, what am I doing when you see Jesus in me or Jesus coming out of me? In those moments, what am I doing? What am I saying? What, am I, what are my actions doing? What are my emotions behind it? Or ask them, how is it that I can make this community better? What do you see me doing that will enhance what's around me? You'd be surprised. Sometimes people can see those and see exactly where you can plug in. Remember, this isn't said to give you a big head. Now, I know that, that when you ask someone, it can be easy to go, all right, tell me why I'm good. Let's go. 
Tell, tell me all about me. Let me hear it. What am I good at? And then they say, oh, I know. I know this already. This isn't to do that. This isn't to make your ego grow or get, get you a big head on how, what you can do. But it really is to explore and expand your mind into something that maybe you think you didn't see that God can really expand on you. No one will know you better typically than, than a couple people. One, God. And two, the people who you are consistently in community with. They will see a side of you that maybe you didn't, that you didn't see, and they can, ex- they can encourage and, and really push you and help nudge you in the right direction to where you will then grow and thrive because you jumped into something that you didn't even know you had the ability to do. And third is check your energy level. Check your energy level. And what I mean is, I kind of touched on this a second ago, but what I mean is this. As you try different opportunities, ask yourself this question when you leave. How am I feeling? When you step out of a service opportunity, you say, all right, God, I feel like this was my gift. How am I feeling? Do you feel energized? Do you feel like you leave somewhere and go, man, that was just the greatest experience ever. I can't wait to get back and do it next week. If that's how you're feeling, that probably is your gift. You're probably right in your element on where you need to be. But then again, if you leave an area and you're like, oh, gosh, I don't want to do that again. Or you wake up on a, a Sunday morning and you're like, I'm going to church. It's my shift. Oh, no. Oh, snooze. My alarm didn't go off. Sorry. Chances are that wasn't your gifting then, right? And that's okay. That just means you get to refocus and reshift to somewhere else. Um, you could be using your right gift, but in the wrong setting sort of thing. Maybe you say, I do like to serve, but I found out serving in this ministry wasn't exactly filling me up, but serving in this other ministry is really filling me up. So you do have the gift of service. You just got to find the right context to use it in. And that's okay. That's why you get to experiment and then evaluate yourself as you do it. But don't don't take away the gift. If you feel challenged, don't take that as a discouragement saying, oh, man, this isn't for me. Because I think the more you're challenged in doing something, the more you're going to grow and the more you're going to get to levels that you never really thought you could get to. Because that's really is God pushing you and growing in you and moving you in a way that's amazing. Find something that complements your gifting. Find something that you're passionate about. And know that whatever it is you choose, whatever gift you decide, this is what's really I'm going to thrive in, this was supernaturally given to you by God. This was something that God said, I made this for you for a reason. This is how I created you. And I know that he delights when he sees you and excel in the gifts that he's given you. And it's not for our gain. We have a superpower in the church. And know that whatever your superpower is, you are not alone. We have a superpower team. We have our own Avengers, right? And that's us. That's the church. We have a superpower team and we are the church. Something I love about the movie Avengers, humor me with my nerddom for a couple more minutes. Something I love about the movie Avengers is it's not about one single person. It takes the ensemble to get together to accomplish the mission. They all had their solo adventures, but then a big crisis comes that's so big that they can't do it by themselves. They all get together, and they couldn't meet the specific needs if they were on their own. Now, when they first start the movie, if you've seen the, the first Avengers movie, if you've seen it, what do they do when they first meet each other? Yeah, they, they fight, right? They don't get along. They're like, I'm in charge. No, I'm in charge. I can do this. Well, I do this. One guy, one of my favorite lines is when Captain America's talking to Iron Man. He said, we need a plan of attack. And, Captain, and Iron Man says, I have a plan. Attack. And he jumps into the fight. They don't get along, and it takes the whole movie for them to realize what they can do together. But when they come together, they're nearly unbeatable. Nearly unbeatable. But they learn that it takes every person on the team has something unique that they bring. Every person has a different power, a different element that when they come together, it all complements each other. I was introduced to a new video game uh, this weekend, um, one called Overwatch. You get to pick your character, and everyone has superpowers. 
I played with a family here who plays this game all the time. I jumped in, not knowing anything about the game, and I was getting my butt kicked. And then they kept saying, like, Dustin, you got to use your power. I don't even know what my power is. Playing the game. And then one point, he goes, Dustin, you know, if, you shoot, if you're actually supposed to shoot your weapon at the enemy team, that's what you're supposed to do? It's like, I was trying to sneak around the back, and I died. And it was just, it was a disaster by my book. Except in one round, I beat one of them who'd been playing the game for years. And that made me feel really good. Right? But I know that just like in that game, just like in that movie, just like here at church, we all have different things. And when we come together and we say, my gift is going to use here, my gift will go here, and we join this team and we complement each other with our gifts, we're able to go to a whole new level that we can't get to on our own because we are part of an incredible team. God has a plan for all of us. And I think this church is an incredible team that when we come together to serve, each with the abilities and powers and gifts that God's given us, we are a force that the world cannot stop. I truly believe that. When the church comes together and everyone in the church brings their heart, their soul, their spiritual gifts, their abilities that God has given them to the table, we cannot be stopped. And that is true. We have a bigger impact than we know. Romans 12, verses 3 through 8 says this. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, in prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, in service, in his serving, or he who teaches, in his teaching, or he who exhorts, in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So I think this passage really complements what we read in 1 Corinthians 12, that you and I, we need each other. Everyone has something different, but we all need each other. And here's the thing that, that might be hard to grasp because it really takes the focus off us, but I think scripture really magnifies it right here. Your spiritual gift was not given to you for you. Your spiritual gift was not given to you for you. The Bible teaches us that the spiritual gifts were given to us to use for others. They were given to us to use for others. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 said that, but your gifts and my gifts were given for the common good. They were given to you to help others, to serve others, to benefit others. They weren't given so you could bask in your own glory and say, look at me, I'm so good. I get to do this and this is how I'm gonna serve myself. Oh, I'm good at this, so how can I benefit me? No, God says, I gave this to you to benefit others, to serve others. And when we all serve each other, that's how we all grow as a unit. Romans 12, 4, and 5 clarified uh, that purposefully and specifically by design, we don't all function the same way with our giftings. So we're, we're all different. We all have different giftings because we need one another. Romans 12, 5 said it there. It says that we are all members of one another, meaning that each one of us, we belong to each other. We belong and exist to lift each other up and watch what God can do through us as we come together. So your gifts aren't yours. They were given to you for other people. Your gifts aren't yours, they're mine. My gifts aren't mine, they're yours. Because God made the DNA of his church to be supernaturally infused with all of these gifts. And I think this gets to be a lesson, when you think about it, really in humility, right? You get to take something that you're so good at, that you're so passionate about, that you excel at, and say, and I'm giving it away. And I get to show others how 
how great God is through this, not for my benefit, for their benefit. And I think we get to use this with humility and responsibly because God knew that someone was going to need you to use this. God knew that he's creating you because you're going to come across someone. You're going to come across an opportunity where God says, this is your moment. I created you to be this for this person right now. That's why he gave you your gift. One single Avenger couldn't save the world on his own. He needed the team. I think the same for us. The truth of the matter, though, is this. God doesn't need any of us. I don't think God needs us, but he chooses us. He chooses you. He invites you to come together with him. He invites you to say, I'm going on this journey, and I'm inviting you on this journey. Be a part of what's going on. He wants us. He gets, we get to mobilize together. We get to team together. We get to use this together. And sure, there's, there's strength in numbers, but numbers brought together and empowered and fueled by the gift of God, oh, that's, that's an amazing number. And even if it's a small community, all throughout scripture, we see small groups of people with the power of God behind them overtake large groups of people who are not following God. And I think as a church, we have that ability to say, the world cannot stop us. We may be a smaller group, but man, when we're all coming together because we have God on our side, there is nothing that can stop what God wants to do. We get to change the world because of the powers and spiritual gifts God has given us. But remember, like we said in our definition, to have this power doesn't make you the hero. In order to be the hero, there has to be action. There's got to be action behind it. The superpowered team has a community, and it has a city in need. Simply put, man, this church, this place, we need, we need you. We need everyone to come together and use your gifts. This neighborhood, Puyallup, South Hill, this state, Washington, needs us. It needs us not for our own ability, not because they need us specifically, but because they need what God is doing in us to bleed out of these walls, to go into the community, to say, I'm doing this not for my sake, not even just for this building's sake, but for God's sake, for the kingdom of God. We are going because this place needs us, and God has given us a responsibility and a duty to reach people for him. And I know God empowers us with this ability to serve the world around us. We have opportunities here at the church where you have the ability to find out, man, what is my gift? How can I apply my gift in serving? And I'm going to highlight some of those here. We have a children's ministry. We have a children's ministry that, that man, I love our children's program. I love that um, sometimes, you know, during worship up here, it doesn't distract me. I really do smile and I laugh when, when you hear the boom, 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 and the, the projectors start waving. I smile because I know those are our kids having fun. Those are our kids having fun learning about Jesus, and it gets me excited. But we have a children's ministry. We need people that can model the love of Jesus, people that can smile, get down on the ground with kids in play and tell a Bible story, or even people that love babies, because we have a nursery that's open now. People that love just say, I just want to love on the babies. Change those stinky diapers. Some people like it. It's all right. This ministry is for you. But... Maybe it's elementary school. Maybe you're like, I don't want the babies. I'm with the kids that can, I, I can actually hold a conversation with. Elementary school. Maybe you're in the middle ground. You're like, I don't know, but we have preschool. But we have a children's ministry that would love people to say, hey, I want to work with kids. We have a youth ministry that needs people to model Jesus in their lives, to know that our youth go through hard times, our youth go through questioning times where, where identity is an issue and, and peers are an issue. Like, what is going on in the world? And the world says there's a lot of things right now that are okay. The scripture says it's not. We need people that can say, hey, I'm going to model Jesus to you with the best ability in my life, and I'm going to come hang out with you on Thursdays, and we're going to have a discussion, and we're going to play games, usually getting owned by me when I'm playing the game. But, you know, we're going to have fun, and we're going to love Jesus. Our teens need people that love to laugh, love to play, 
love to listen and not judge. Our teens need people around us and people that also thrive on saying, this is what the world says, this is what the Bible says. How do we talk about it? How do we talk about it and how do we grow together? Small groups are coming back in October. I love small groups. This is, I think, where if we want our church to grow larger, both spiritually and numerically, we've got to grow smaller. And by that, I mean we've got to be a part of small groups. This is where life happens. This is where community happens. On a Sunday morning, we get to see each other you know, for, for a little bit each day, but on, in small groups, we get to dive in. We get to really share the nitty-gritty of life with each other. And small groups are coming back in October. If you, maybe if you have a, a desire to say, I want to lead a small group, or I want to facilitate, and maybe we can read a book together, and I can ask questions about it, come talk to me. Maybe you have the gift of leadership, and this is a way that you can exercise that and start leading a small group. We have a worship team. If you're musically or vocally inclined, I know that uh, Lindsay, our worship leader, she does a great job. She'd love to talk to you about how you can use your gifts and be a part of the team. If you, uh, maybe it's vocals, maybe it's an instrument, um, but I know that if you're musically inclined, this is an incredible part of our morning that we get to get together where we have music and we just get to open up and sing. And if you're, if you're gifted musically, we'd love to talk to you, talk to you about how you can share your gifts and help lead us on a Sunday morning. We have a hospitality team being the, the front lines, the people that are greeting people at the door and making coffee. And I know some people here would not be smiling today if they did not get their coffee. We've got a team, we've got people out there every Sunday that will make you a cup of coffee. Or maybe you, uh, maybe you want to make that coffee. Maybe you want to greet people and say, hey, welcome to Celebration Church. Welcome home, welcome to the family. That's you, you just like to talk to people. Maybe, maybe join them for the hospitality team. Maybe that's your gift. We have the Zyger Food Outreach that Ashley talked about, helping organize one of our biggest ministries that literally goes and gives food to people who don't know where that meal's gonna come from. They look out and they say, we, we have you know, schools providing Monday through Friday, but man, this weekend, we don't know. We get to bless families, and that's an incredible thing to know that a family is eating just because of generosity that, that we've shown here, that you guys have shown here financially and materials with the food that we've given. But if you want to be a part of that team that gets to pass out and, and pack up and get this food ready for those families, man, sign up. It's an incredible ministry. We got a, um, in my office, we have a, a great card from the school. It's just a thank you card for what we were able to do for the school families this year. And this past year, we were also able to, to get uh, teachers gift cards because of the Zyger out, which is say, hey, we had an abundance of giving, so we got to bless the teachers, the teachers that don't know if their kids are going to eat that weekend. We got to go bless them. We got to get a food truck for a school staff one day. It was just, we've been able to do so much, and if you want to be a part of that, sign up and talk to Ashley about it. The sound booth or back wall, maybe you see technology, and you, you speak computer, or you speak graphics or sound, you know, a soundboard. We have a, a back wall back there, and we would love to talk to you if you want to be involved in working at the sound booth. People who can look at this area and help elevate it to a whole new level, we'd love to talk to you. And one thing that we're, we're doing this year is if you go out into the foyer, there's little, small little sheets of paper. Uh, we're going to put together food and give them to volunteers at the fair next month. So the, the list has very specific needs of, you know, packaged goods and granola bars and waters and different things you can give that we're actually going to go to the fair, the people that are there working. We say, hey, this is from Celebration Church. We love you guys. Thank you for serving at the fair. And we get to volunteer with our resources serving at the fair. If any of these things sound something that, that really gets you excited, I encourage you to sign up for it or at least put your name on a piece of paper in the foyer where they're all listed where you can say, contact me so we can talk more about it. Putting your name on the paper doesn't solidify that you're going to do it. It just means you want to talk about it. And I think that's the first step towards serving, right? Let's open the door a little bit and let's talk about it. But the possibilities are endless. There are so many ways you can get in and serve. And there are so many more ways. Maybe you have an idea for something at the church. You say, hey, I'd like to see this happen and I really want to spearhead it. Let's talk about it. 
Let's find out what your gift is and let's dive in. And you know what? If you sign up on that paper, um, I'll give you a call. May I'll take you out to lunch and we can talk about it. Some of you guys are going to go sign up just for the free lunch, right? Well, it's some free lunch if I hang out with Pastor Dustin for a little bit. He's all right, I guess. We'll go, go get some food. That's okay. I want to hang out with you too. I don't turn down lunch. Let's go. Let's hang out. Let's talk about what you can do and what you have your gifts in when it comes to serving. And what's great about serving, like we said, if you don't feel like one is a perfect fit, that's all right. There's other opportunities. There's ways to get plugged in and other things you can really try and get excited about or what naturally gets you excited about, right? Can you imagine with me for a little bit right now? Imagine this. Imagine what, what this church, what this community would look like if everybody said, all right, we are all going to follow our gifting to the best of our ability. If everybody unified said that, you know what? As a church, we are all going to serve with our spiritual gifts, with our superpowers, to the best of our ability, we're diving in. What would that look like? That'd be amazing. It would be so, so cool to know that I know that this church we're already having an impact in the community. I know that we could have an even greater impact. Again, not because of us, but because we decided, God, you're in charge and we're following you and we all go forward with that to see what God can do gets really, really exciting. Now, I've talked a lot about superheroes, but I haven't gone really into Christmas or Christmas presents yet, right? So let's talk a little bit about Christmas. Switching gears. Christmas presents. Who doesn't like opening Christmas presents, right? That, that's like a universal joy bringer, opening a present, right? Now, there is one guy who doesn't, the Grinch. Yep, some of you said it or before I could. The Grinch hates Christmas, right? Grinches don't like opening Christmas presents. Everyone else does. Now, if you're not too excited about opening Christmas presents, two things. One, there's something wrong. And two, maybe we'll get a Grinch support group going on. All right? But until then, imagine going to your childhood when you did love it. Picture, picture being a kid coming down the stairs, and you see this Christmas present under the tree, and it has your name on it. Can you imagine those feelings? Even, I mean, that's still me to this day when I go out and I see a present with my name on it, right? I get, oh, yeah, it's my present. I get all excited for it. Now, imagine this. Imagine you come down, you see a present waiting for you, just waiting to be opened, and maybe you can even look at it and you know what it is. You're like, oh, I know what's in that box. That was on my list. This is, this is what it is. But then you look at it, you go, eh, and you walk back upstairs without opening it. Yeah, joy killer, right? That is a major buzz kill. Now, that would be something incredibly wrong. The support group we would need to start for that would be called this. Put it up there. Someday, sometime, we can get it. I'll say it. It is the helping people who ignore their Christmas presents to open them and experience the excitement of childhood small group, right? Helping people who ignore their Christmas presents to open them and experience the excitement of childhood group. Right? When you're given a gift, you want to open the gift. You want to open it. You want to experience that joy. You don't just leave it sitting there. So what does this have to do with superheroes and loving your church and spiritual gifts? If you're a follower of Jesus, not utilizing your spiritual gift, I believe that's the example right there. That's, that's like us walking to that gift saying, oh, here's something for me that's perfectly designed for me that someone gave to me. Nah. And walking away. I don't want to do that. I want to be the person that says, this is for me, and you open it up, and you play with it, and you use it, and you use it over and over because you love it so much. It's like the best present ever. I don't want to walk up to the gift that God's given me, shrug my shoulders, and say, no thanks. That's not how it's supposed to be. I think when we find our spiritual gift, it's like opening that Christmas present. 
It's going and saying, man, this is so fun. This is something that I love to do. I can't wait to do this again and and see how this is going to get better as I use it over time. That's an amazing feeling. I'd like to invite the worship team up as we close with this. I want to ask you guys a question. My final question is this. If you have a gift, why did God give you to our church? Why did God give Celebration Church the gift of you? I think you all have a gift, and I can't wait to dive into what it is. And maybe we can ask this question, too. Why did God give this community the gift of you? Why did God give this community the gift of you? Was it because of your teaching? Was it because of your leadership? Was it because of your encouragement, your discernment? Whatever it is that makes you the superpowered God created you. Why did God give Celebration Church the gift of you? Don't be an unopened gift. Would you stand with me today? Don't be an unopened gift. Be that gift that is open, that is excited, that is passionate, that is ready to be used by God in incredible ways. Because we've all got something. No one here gets to leave and say, I don't have a single spiritual gift. It's not true because God made you. And God made you specifically you and he gave you something. Discover a way that you can passionately use it, a way that will grow you, a way that will grow this place, and a way that will take you to a level that you've never thought you could be before. Man, I love this church. And I love serving, and I love the people that serve at this church. And I encourage you guys, dive into something today. Find out what it is. How has God created you? What has he called you to do? Serve, watch how God uses you, and be a hero for God. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that, that you've given us these amazing spiritual gifts. And God, I pray that, that as we dive into this some more, as we, as we start to explore and we go home, what is this gift you've given me, God, that we get to use it in a way that glorifies you more than anything? A way that when we use it, people look at us and say, man, that per- why is this person doing this so well? What is it about this person that I'm drawn to the way they serve? And we get to say, it's because we're using something you have given us. It's always about you and it's always for you. And I pray that through this place, through us, you grow us in incredible ways. And then we reach the community in incredible ways because you are behind it all. So God, we thank you. We love you. And everybody said, amen.